Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this episode of CEO on the Go podcast. I'm glad that you're listening in today. And I hope that you're able to take a little time off during the summer months just to clear your head and do whatever you want to do. It might be a good time to catch up on some of the podcast episodes that you may have missed. I encourage you to do that. But in the meantime, I've got some some good thoughts for today. I think it will help you consider ways that you're running meetings to help help you feel more confident and be more effective in how you're engaging people, whether or not you're working with them in person and or remotely. I actually became so interested in this topic during the pandemic that I became a certified virtual event professional, mainly so that I can understand how to engage people virtually, what it takes to be effective in running groups that were completely virtual. But this is a little different. We're now seeing a lot of interest in a hybrid kind of work model. Recently, I was prompted by an editor at LinkedIn to post some ideas on the topic of making meetings work, specifically on how to make sure all voices are heard in this new hybrid way of working. So I put some ideas in my post that I wanted to elaborate on in the podcast. And, you know, when I thought about these issues, one of the first thoughts that came to mind was that even the old ways of meeting weren't necessarily the best ways or the most effective ways to accomplish your goals. Just because you meet or met in person doesn't mean that all voices are heard or that you necessarily were uh, most effective in how you were running the meeting. So I've done another related episode on running meetings called Not Another Meeting, where I talked about some of the dangerous motivations for attending meetings like the need to feel important or fear of missing out. If you're interested, you can find that link in the show notes. Again, it's called Not Another Meeting. And I think now is the time to rethink everything, no matter what form of hybrid model that you're using in your workplace. You know, there are a number of different kinds of hybrid models where some people are working at the office and some are remote. So I can run run through those quickly with you. One is called the remote first model, where people only come in the office a few days a week. And then it might only be when they're doing collaborative work, not when they're doing solo work. But there's an expectation that people be operating remotely as a primary means for working. Another variation is called the office occasional, where you're occasionally in the office. It might depend on a project that you're working on, but it's not necessarily a set time or schedule that you're working on. And then another model is called office first, where most people are working in the office, but remote work is still allowed. So there are all kinds of variations of this hybrid model. I talked to one executive this week that said that they're referring to their model as hybrid flex model. So I think organizations are still trying to figure out what will work best for everyone. And it's interesting that executives and employees are different in their preferences for whether or not they want to work in the office or work remotely. One PwC U.S. survey found that 55% of employees prefer working remotely at least three days a week. 
and 68% of executives think that employees should be in the office at least three days a week. So there's a difference. And then, you know, there are other considerations too, like what's, what happens if all of your executives are working in the office or your leadership team? You know, what does that say about the impact on culture and how you'll be running meetings if you've got your core leadership team in the office, but most everyone else is operating remotely? But regardless of how you're operating, I think the question to really think about is, what could it look like if people were actually looking forward to going to meetings where they know that their ideas will be heard and that they're engaged and they feel like they're making a contribution, whether or not they're working in the office or remotely? And that may seem impossible for some leaders that are struggling to engage their teams right now. But I do think it's worth thinking about. And, you know, part of the problem actually is that leaders themselves, some of them are struggling to get themselves energized and engaged. And that's a whole other issue and one that's very important to address. You've got to fuel your own tank first, but we can talk about that on another episode. Today, we're focused on meetings, but there are ways to structure meetings to make them achieve what you want more easily. So I've got some tips, and these are based on my post in LinkedIn. First, share your intention at the start. So, you know, you might be operating in a way that's very different from how you're used to running meetings, and it can feel kind of awkward a little unclear, but I think it helps if you set your intention from the start when you say, we want to make sure everyone is heard, no matter where you are. It just helps to set a positive tone. Another tip is to be transparent. You can acknowledge that you're trying something new and say, we're trying this as a new approach, but we're willing to adjust, invite your people to give feedback and let you know how it's working so that you can adapt based on the input that they're sharing with you. Another tip is to leverage technology. And this may sound like a no brainer, but you know, I think that there are a lot of people who still are not up to speed on the kind of technology that they're using, um, whether it's Microsoft Teams or Zoom or other platforms, make sure everyone knows how to use whatever platform you're using, including the latest features. And you can take advantage of virtual collaboration tools, polls, and other features that help facilitate engagement. And if you feel like you're struggling to run a large meeting yourself, then make sure you're bringing in another person to help manage a lot of the different moving pieces in that meeting. That's something that I do when I'm running larger groups is to bring in someone else that I know has expertise who can help me manage a lot of the technical aspects of running the meeting. And another reason to do that, speaking of wanting to make sure all voices are heard, is that if you've got other people who are also on the lookout for conversation that's going on in chat or for someone who might be raising their hand virtually, it really helps them to be acknowledged more quickly or to to make sure that they know that they're being heard. Another tip is to think small create opportunities for small group discussions or breakout sessions so that you can create stronger engagement and connection among team members. I really like working in groups of three. I think that that's a really nice number if you're doing very quick, more in-depth breakout sessions, but a lot just depends on the the topics that you're wanting people to, to talk about or reach decisions about. And finally, tap your talent. You don't have to have everything figured out yourself. Your team members probably have some ideas on what they would like to see or something that they think that should be tried to make sure that the meetings are being run effectively and that they're actually contributing in a way that's motivating for them. 
And there's some other considerations to keep in mind, of course, when you are planning meetings like time of day. And I know that, again, this may sound very basic, but I see a, a number of leaders that aren't focused on some of the basics, like looking at the time of day or time of week, um, or even the time of month <laughs> when you're planning some meetings. A lot of that can have a negative impact if it's not timed in the right way. So for example, if you're having to do a lot of kind of heavy duty thinking, you don't want to do that on a Friday afternoon, you might want to plan something that's a little lighter, or a brainstorming session where it's good to, to let your mind kind of be free and think so differently when you're tired. Consider people who are in different time zones, in different parts of the world, the composition of the group is another factor to keep in mind. And then the workload or the volume, if people are really busy, and you know that they have a deadline coming up, be sensitive to that so that you're not trying to impose another meeting on top of something that they're already working on that can be more stressful for them. Make sure you're clear about the purpose. I say that every time, you know, if, is it brainstorming, problem solving, decision making, planning, strategizing. And then here's some something else that I think that not enough executives are paying attention to, and that's allowing breathing space or thinking space between their meetings. I see clients running back-to-back -back meetings all day long, and that can be a very fast path to burnout. So you've got to be careful with that. If you don't give yourself time to come up and catch your breath, it can really affect how you're showing up in all of these meetings. So don't kid yourself by thinking that just because you've been in a lot of meetings during the day that you've necessarily accomplished what you really need to. So one action item is just to look at your calendar now over the next six months or so, so that you can anticipate when might be a good time to get your whole team together if you have a large team, so that you can find those pockets of time that will work best for the whole team. A number of leaders that I'm working with are, are kind of figuring things out as they go. And they're thinking, oh, you know, we probably need to get the team together. Now let's look at the calendar. And they can see that it's almost impossible to do with so many people involved. So the larger the team meeting and the more important it is, make sure that you're really looking at that calendar so that you can be more strategic about the timing for that specific meeting. You know, the good news is that you can make a lot of progress without having to engage the whole team at once. I'm working with a client now who's doing that beautifully, holding what I would call mini visioning sessions with smaller groups to get input and ideas around bigger vision that's being developed. What's working for them is that people understand that it's an iterative process. You can't just force people in a room and expect them to come up with a vision quickly in one sitting that has any real value. We couldn't even do that on four days to save the world. We needed four days, not just one. But anyway, I think you see where I'm going. And I hope that it gives you some ideas to think about and some encouragement to just try new things. Don't worry if it doesn't land right the first time. As long as you're being candid and transparent with your people, they should appreciate the fact that at least you're trying out new approaches and, and doing something a little different to try to make it work for everyone. So this is the time to reimagine new ways to meet and work together and to consider ideas that you may not have even thought about in the past. Don't try to go back to what you, you have done in the past, just because that's what you know, and that's what you're used to. 
imagine where the world is going, the trends that you're seeing, how people are living and working and understand that how you're holding your meetings needs to fit into that new paradigm. So give it some thought and be easy on yourself as you're trying out these new approaches. Don't judge yourself. Just keep trying something new until it works for you and your team. Oh, and by the way, if if you're interested in another episode that just came to mind on this topic too, a popular one has been returning to the strange new world of work. So that's another one that kind of relates to this topic. So there are two that you can check out if you're interested in more details about this. Not another meeting is one and then returning to the strange new world of work. That one is an interview with Rick Bowers. And so I think that you would really enjoy that one too, in case you missed it. So I hope that wherever you're meeting and however you're meeting, you're achieving what you need to. If you need any more thoughts or suggestions, let me know. I look forward to speaking with you again on another episode. We've got a couple of other great guests coming up too. So I look forward to speaking with you soon. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week doing the work that matters to you. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, feel free to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn or visit workmatters.com. You might also want to check out the Social Movement TV show, a bold new docuseries that brings together entrepreneurs from all over the world to solve impossible world problems. I'll be featured in season two, and you can learn more by visiting workmatters.com forward slash social movement. Until next time, keep growing as a leader and doing the work that matters to you.